successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today. If you're joining us on the radio on KMBZ 980 AM, we greatly appreciate it. If you're listening via podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on Stitcher, we greatly appreciate that as well. Or if you connected online on our website at grillnationshow.com, thank you so very much. Um, as always, you can connect with me on social media, on Twitter, at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Also, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, at Jason Grill. Additionally, um, if you ever want to be a guest on the show or partner with us, you can email me at grillnationshow at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for all of the great feedback uh, that you've been sending, and we've been getting a lot of guest interest and appearance uh uh, asked to be on the show. So that's a positive. So thank you so very much. I hope you had a great 4th of July holiday. We are ready to go here on today's show. Uh, we are going to be joined today, who's, who's just joined us actually on the feed, uh, by Brian Nooner. He's the Chief Development and Marketing Officer at Special Olympics Missouri. Their website is somo.org. That's Special Olympics Missouri, somo.org. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Jason. It's great to have you. So first off, I just want to uh, preface the show before we get to your background by letting the listeners know that I had the opportunity to go to a Special Olympics Missouri event uh, in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium probably about three weeks ago. I'm actually more than that now, maybe close to a month ago, which we will talk about uh, later on in the show show, which is what really got me invested and engaged in kind of the work you're doing. Before we get to that, um, let's learn a little bit about you, Brian. Uh, you have an interesting history, and I wanted to kind of tell our listeners about it before we get into the meat and potatoes of what Special Olympics Missouri does. Uh, you are a mid-Missouri boy, right? I am. That's exactly how I describe myself and my family. Uh, I'm originally from Jefferson City, Missouri, and my wife is from Fulton, Missouri, so just 30 miles apart. Uh, both of us attended the University of Missouri. Uh, she went to nursing school, and uh, I went to journalism school, broadcast journalism. Uh, yeah, you went to Mizzou, and you, uh, you know, that was, that, that was the, that's the holy grail for uh, journalism schools, correct? It, it really is. And, uh, you know, I'm often asked that question, what makes Mizzou's journalism school top-notch? And, you know, I was fortunate to have some incredible instructors and professors who just had tremendous backgrounds. Uh, they created writing styles. Uh, Mackie Morris created the Rule of Threes uh, writing style for broadcast journalism. Uh, John Quarter uh, was a Northwestern grad, and he was our news director and a consultant. And so it was pretty clear early on that we, we had top-notch faculty. But if you really want to get down to why it's such a fine journalism school, it's really about the opportunity. So when you go to the journalism school, you have the options to uh, 
feed into the area you want you're interested in if you want to go into print you have the opportunity to work at a at a uh, newspaper that has a circulation, the Columbia Missourian, you'll write stories that will be printed and circulated through the AP and could be picked up by anyone. Uh, we have a radio station called KBIA. And again, uh, you're getting that on-air experience. You're writing copy and producing shows. And then the area I went into was sports broadcasting. And uh, they just take you through all levels of, of the job. So when you graduate the University of Missouri Journalism School, you have the equivalent of at least one year experience, which should put you ahead of other graduates from other journalism schools because they're going to graduate and they're going to be in a great position to be an intern or to, you know, cut their teeth with uh in a newsroom or a, a newspaper that's going to allow them to kind of work their way in. If you're a Mizzou grad on your resume, it shows you have one year experience and you'll have the examples to support that. Mm -hmm. So all the students that came through broadcast, they had resume tapes that they could visually show their work, whether it was uh, a producer, a writer, editor, photographer, same goes for uh, radio. They had, you know, real examples. And I just think the Mizzou reputation, they call it the Mizzou mafia, but it's, it's excellent at networking and helping one another out. If you, if you're applying for a job at a station or a newspaper and they have a Mizzou grad there, you can almost count on that person trying to help you along with your career. So, um, you, know, you 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 went to Mizzou and then you you, you became MU or uh, excuse me KOMU sports director. That's correct. Uh, you had that job for for quite a long time, right? Like over that was it close to like eleven years, maybe right, right at eleven years. And I was just fortunate because I was in Mid Missouri. I'd graduated. Dan Lucy had the job before me, and Dan took a job in Springfield, Missouri, at uh, KOLR Channel Ten, and he's still there. Um, and so his position opened up and I think because I was local, that helped me a lot, um, mm -hmm. area, but I was also there. A lot of my classmates were, you know, from Chicago, uh, Binghamton, New York, just other areas. And they were going home and I was able to stay there. And I, I kind of got to audition for about three months and eventually I, I did get the job, which, uh, you know, people talk about big breaks in their career. My first job in the local market was my big break. So, <laughs> so you did that for quite a while, and we'll transition here quickly to uh, you had some other jobs throughout the throughout the way and in uh, business development and kind of marketing and, and you know sales and whatnot. Um, and now you're at Special Olympics. Tell us how that happened. Well, I think the one thing I learned in journalism school was um, you got to build relationships. Uh, Jason, as you know, you know, if you want to have a good conversation, a good interview, you have to have rapport. And that was something we, we learned in uh, journalism school that, you know, uh, you just don't approach people when you need something. You got to build a relationship. I used to use the phrase uh, reporting without the microphone. If if the only time you talk to somebody is when you have a microphone in your hand and you want something from them, 
then that'll be the extent of the relationship. But if you put the microphone down and have a conversation when you don't need something for the air, I think it gives that, uh, it presents a real opportunity to grow that relationship and establish trust. And, and, and I think your interviews tend to be more conversational. So I really kind of took that uh, building trust, building relationship approach with my career. We started a family in that 11th year, I was at Channel 8, and I was doing a lot of freelance work for uh, Fox, Fox Sports Midwest, a uh, big 12 game of the week. Mm-hmm. I was hosting the Mizzou football show. I, I was really getting to do everything I wanted to do, and Kansas City and St. Louis were two hours away, so we could cover professional sports. I didn't have to leave a small market to get big market experience. But once we started a family, then the hours just kind of didn't work. Uh, I, I hardly saw my son. I'd get home after midnight. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing, you know, through the power of, of television that you have a visible career. And somebody at the University of Missouri Business School had given UMB Bank my name. I want, I want to stop there because we got to go to break here. But I want to continue on that story and then kind of start start talking about Special Olympics Missouri yeah. after the break. You're listening to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM KMBC. Thanks for listening. to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today. We have a lot to get to, so I'm excited to have on Brian Nooner, who is the Chief Development and Marketing Officer at Special Olympics Missouri. Their website, again, is somo.org. Um, Brian, you were telling us kind of about your background. Uh, let's just kind of speed that up to your uh, your new role. It's only a couple years old now at Special Olympics Missouri and how you, uh, how you uh, obtain that role and Kind of, you know, you were mentioning on on the uh, off the air about kind of how it happened initially, but let's start there. Yeah, so I transitioned from broadcast journalism to banking, and and banking, you're really involved with your community, supporting, you know, philanthropies. And I was on s- several boards. Well, I was participating in a in a walk, a fundraiser called Step Up for Down Syndrome, and it was there I ran into a grade school buddy of mine. Uh, Ken Theroff, who's on the board of Special Olympics Missouri, and his daughter has Down syndrome. So we spent the day on the walk just talking about um, Down syndrome. And then he made me aware that there was going to be a Special Olympics Missouri. And he said, you should really look into that. And just that day was a that was a turning point for me. You know, here's one of my best friends in life telling me about the impact of Special Olympics Missouri and that there's going to be an opening. So I did apply, ended up getting the job, and I've been able to, you know, really combine all my past experiences from journalist to banker and and some other things I've done into um, what I'll call it uh, – a pretty aggressive approach to expand our um, our message and create more about the state, Jason. As you know, we're a statewide organization headquartered in Jefferson City, but we have six regions, uh, one up in the uh, northwest St. Joe area, Kansas City, St. Louis, uh, Joplin, Central Missouri, uh, Cape Girardeau. So we want to that's a challenge for us that 
people realize we are a statewide organization. Our audience, our purpose is to serve the athletes. And people often ask, well, what constitutes a Special Olympic athlete? Special Olympic athlete has an intellectual disability. Now, they may also have a physical disability, but if they only have a physical disability, they're a Paralympian. If they have an intellectual disability, then they qualify for Special Olympics, Missouri. Mm-hmm. So this is, there's a lot of athletes that um, have autism, Down syndrome. Those are the primary uh, disabilities and the athletes we work with. The other thing I want to point out real quick is we serve um, an athlete base that covers every stage of life. So a lot of people think Special Olympics Missouri is just for youth. Well, we have athletes that are in their 60s and mm-hmm. are still participating. Again, we're just trying to get create that awareness. We have the programs. Yeah, tell us about some of the sports that are, are part of Special Olympics Missouri. What types of sports do you offer? Several sports, and they're, they're often geared to the capabilities of the athletes. So um, we have what I would term common sports, basketball, um, swimming, but we have some sports that um, uh, the athletes seem to be able to uh, adapt to a little bit easier. Bocce ball is one of them, but we also have bowling, volleyball. We're constantly exploring the possibility of expanding the the opportunities for the athletes. Golf, uh, powerlifting, track and field, and again, when you watch these competitions, um, usually you're amazed because we try to focus on the ability and not the disability as we um, work the athletes through the programs. And then the other side of that is the health and wellness side, Jason, and we can really make an impact on an individual's life just by uh, giving them a routine, building structure, uh, a better diet, um, more than 60 some percent of our athletes are obese and it's not because of their intellectual disability. Um, they're obese because of inactivity and poor eating habits. So if we can address that and educate them, get them into a routine, usually their quality of life improves. Let's talk about that, Brian. Brian Nooner, Chief Development and Marketing Officer at Special Olympics Missouri. Their website is somo.org. Great organization here, a statewide organization. You mentioned health and well-being. Why is that so important? You kind of touched on uh, obesity uh, and other things, but you know, I one of the things I took away from your event in Kansas City was just all the other things that you offer and give the athletes and help them with as far as health and well-being. Talk to us a little bit about that. It's it's more than just kind of the sports that are offered, but also a lot of other programs that actually, you know, we had a, we had a gentleman talk about how he couldn't see straight. He got eyeglasses through the Special Olympics Missouri. Um, you know, I just, that's fascinating to me because I was not aware of that before your event. Well, it we call it the other side of Special Olympics. You know, um, the athletic competition is kind of the main identity, but the other side is um, healthy athletes and we have free health screening. So, of our athletes come from homes that are at or below the poverty level. They're not exposed to proper health care. So what Special Olympics has developed is free health screenings. And it's through these screenings that the athletes can, or we can identify, um, you know, additional 
challenges they're facing. So the person that you're talking about, um, he, uh, he had hardly any teeth when he arrived for the health screenings. Um, often the medication they take for their disability, um, is very hard on the enamel of a teeth. And, and even if they have good dental hygiene, it's still going to impact it. Well, he had hardly any teeth. So he was there to figure that out. And mm-hmm. he saw a, he saw a dentist, but he also went to an optometrist and he realized that he had very poor vision. And then he went on to the hearing booth and realized that he was partially deaf. So what I tell people is when you, when you can't see or hear or, or something else and you grow up that way and you're never exposed to anything else, that's life as you know it. You adapt. Okay. So Jason, they can hear your voice, but if they have poor vision, you're a blur Mm -hmm. and that, and they just adapt to that. And and that's, that's to me, that's just totally amazing because many of these athletes will move into adulthood uh, with uh, poor hearing and poor vision. Well, this athlete uh, went to a dental conference, told his story. After the dental conference, uh, I think several of uh, the participants came up and offered him, offered to make him dentures. So now he has teeth. Yeah. Then the Lions Club is an organization that focuses on glasses. So Special Olympics worked with Lions Club, got him glasses. And then we're we're constantly trying to build partnerships and relationships with uh, vendors like hearing aids. And, um, so you guys, you, it, so I guess the point is it's, it's more than the Olympics. It's more than the Olympics. It's more than the sports. It, it's so much more. And I just wanted to make people aware of that because, um, we you know on its face, you just don't know that stuff. And I think that's important to the brand and the message to get out there. I want to ask you quickly, um, how many athletes do you guys serve and, and how many people are still to engage? Because that number, it blows me away. You guys engage with so many athletes, but there's still so many people that have not uh, been a part of Special Olympics Missouri that could be. Yes, that's a great question. So we just had a camp here. Um, we're selecting the Team Missouri Selection Camp for the World Games. Okay, We had 200 athletes here at our campus. We serve uh, statewide more than 16,000 athletes, but the bigger number is there there are around 92,000 Missourians with intellectual disabilities that are not involved in any program, Jason, not involved in Special Olympics, not involved in um, other programs that could help them. And that's that's where the opportunity is. Um, You know, we're just trying to improve their way of life. Um, if you would say start to finish, what's a success? A success is if we can move an athlete to independent living. Mm-hmm. Not all athletes can get that far, but they, they can advance to a point where their quality of living certainly improves. But 92,000 Missourians with intellectual disabilities that are not involved in any programs, that's, that's our opportunity. We have to reach them. You know, many of those athletes are in your community on the west side of the state. They're also in St. Louis, but we can't ignore the rural population. So we're just, um, that's one of our biggest challenges is reaching that, that population and exposing them to what Special Olympics Missouri has to offer. And 
we're a nonprofit, you know, there's not a cost to the athlete. So we're constantly looking for support. And the event you were at, Andy Reid agreed to be our champion. And that was a nice event. And I will say the Kansas City community really stepped up and it was sold out and yeah. raised some money. And I think everybody had a pretty good time. They did. Uh, real quickly, before we go to break, we have a minute left. What is the age range again for these programs? We have a young athlete program that's called YAPS. Okay. So that's, you know, we could even have toddlers in there. And then I, the easiest way to say it, Jason, is we have a program for everyone at every stage of their life. That's great to hear. Brian Nooner is our guest, Chief Development and Marketing Officer at Special Olympics Missouri. Their website is somo.org. Um, when we get back from the break, I want to talk a little bit more about the power of some of the, of the events and the sports that you hold, and also talk about your Training for Life campus and kind of how impressive it is in Jeff City. Also, again, to kind of growing in Kansas City with the Andy Reid Rally with Big Red Partnership. You're listening to the Grill Nation show here on 980 MKMBZ on podcast or on our website, grillnationshow.com. We'll be right back. Thanks for joining us today. Nation show with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today again on the radio, on podcast, on our live stream here, or on uh, social media, or on grillnationshow.com. We're going to get right back in our interview here with Brian Nooner from Special Olympics Missouri, Chief Development and Marketing Officer. Brian, uh, talk to us about uh, this Training for Life campus that you all have uh, built in uh, Jefferson City area. It is uh, quite impressive from everything I've heard. And, and uh, tell us more about kind of the facilities that we have for the athletes here in Missouri. Well, I think the main thing to know about the Training for Life campus is it's the only one of its kind in the world. Now, there are other states and other areas that are formulating, getting blueprints, fundraising efforts to uh, replicate what we have here in Missouri, but they're not there yet. So it's the only one of its kind, which is just fantastic. And our athletes can come here and actually train for the events they want to compete in. Just like what we're seeing with the Olympic trials, our athletes are competing at local levels, state levels, with the um, hopes of performing at a level that will allow them to advance even onto a world stage, which would be the equivalent of the Olympic Games. So the Training for Life Center um, has facilities that uh, enable them to get a base for their training, whether it's weightlifting, um, cardiovascular training, you know, we have ellipticos. Outside, we have a track, we have a, a soccer field, a multi-purpose field. Every sport that they're interested in participating in, the Training for Life uh, Center has a facility, a room, or an area that they can work on that. And they have co coaches and staff members that work with them. So it's a, it's a unique opportunity, and as I mentioned, it's the only one of its kind in the nation. And all told, with the land and the building, you're looking at about an $18 million facility, which uh, is quite impressive. And again, uh, it's, in a heart, it's in the heart of the Show Me State, and I think its central location allows athletes from across the state to participate. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that um, 
that we're excited about here in Kansas City is your partnership with Andy Reid. The Andy Reid Rally with Big Red partnership. Tell us about kind of that and how that came to be because I know that um, I know that uh, we really like to see Special Olympics Missouri grow in Kansas City. Uh, and, and explain more about that partnership and how important it's been. Well, real quick, it just it goes back to relationships. When I was in television, I hosted the Missouri football show. Uh, coach Reed was the offensive line coach for the University of Missouri. Uh, we both were a lot younger. Uh, <laughs> Andy was there two years before he moved on to Green Bay with Mike Holmgren. Um, and I will just say uh, over the next 30 years, Coach Reed and I just stayed in touch. That <laughs> that was that was the base of the relationship. Um, I was at a game um, as his guest, and I was applying for the Special Olympics job, and I I told him I needed to talk to him about something, and I told him about the opening, and um, he said, what do you need me to do? I'll do it. And I said, would you write a letter of recommendation? So yeah. Coach wrote that letter of recommendation. I got the job, and, you know, I was pretty excited about that. I, I informed him I got the job and he said, you let me know how I can help. And at that time, you know, I had a lot of ideas, but I was just starting. And so I was kind of, I was going to kind of put that in a hold pattern. But then the very next week, our training for life campus got hit by a tornado, decimated our facility. So I called Andy and I said, Hey, how do you feel about us bringing some athletes to Kansas City to be with you and you all do some public service announcements talking about how the Training for Life campus is impacted by the tornado and that these athletes need the help? And I think he phrased it. He said, I need Chiefs Kingdom and all Missourians to help these athletes. And Andy's a pretty shy guy and he hasn't put himself out there on the philanthropic front. I do know he helps uh, an organization back in Philadelphia from his years coaching there that helps uh, women who have been abused. And I have great admiration for that. But he has, hasn't hadn't really done anything in Kansas City. So we asked him if he would be a champion for Special Olympics. And he talked to Clark Hunt and said he wanted to do it. Clark gave him the green light. And here we are. That's awesome. Kansas City, obviously, we'd love to see you all grow here and get more athletes in Kansas City area. Uh, Brian Nooner is joining us, Chief Development and Marketing Officer at Special Olympics Missouri. Brian, tell us about some special moments you've had at uh, Special Olympics Missouri so far in your two years of working there. Is there one or two moments that you can point to that really, really touched you and, and uh, impacted you? I, I would say, you know, as a new employee coming into an environment where there's all these athletes and they don't know you or they didn't know me, but they have such a community amongst themselves. And when they look outside their community, if they would look at you, Jason, or your dad or me or anybody, they typically identify you as not part of their community, but as a person that's trying to help them. And I've never seen and never in my life have I ever seen a group of people consistently show genuine appreciation. Uh, hugs, high fives, fist bumps, uh, so polite and interactive. And I think it's just they realize people that they're talking to outside of their community, they identify those people who are trying to help them. So that, that was number one. And then number two, without a doubt, was we had six athletes at uh, – at the training center for the chiefs and we were in the studio getting ready to shoot the public service announcement and Andy Reed walked in and he wasn't coach Reed. I called him grandpa Reed, 
But to watch Andy Reid interact with these uh, these people with uh, intellectual disabilities, it was just amazing. And we talked to his staff, and they said, we've never seen this side of Coach Reid. Call it the soft side, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. The way he interacted and just – he was just so engaged. And I was like, okay, this is special, and this is why Andy's – going to be able to help us get our message out. So I would say those are two of the most powerful messages, but um, most people that get involved with Special Olympics, Missouri as a volunteer, mentor, coach, however they get involved, usually the reward is greater for them than it is for the athlete. I I think you just get an appreciation about how fortunate, if you are to be healthy, that... um, you're not dealing with the challenges and obstacles that, that these athletes are, but they're not quitting. They're not giving up. They're forging forward. So I think, and personally things that may have, I felt like were a big deal in the past to me, I realized they're not a big deal at all. They're very small comparatively to the, to the issues that the athletes are facing. Why do you, why do you think that sports is so powerful for these, uh, for these athletes? I mean, you know, the entire process, what, what, what makes power, what, why is, why is, why are uh, sports so powerful and so strong and how, how do they impact the folks that are engaged with you? Well, I think anybody that's been part of a team, whether it's a speech team, a football team, basketball, whatever, there is a a sense of camaraderie. Um, There is a sense of working together for a common goal um, there are individual sports um, that don't always offer the team aspect, but I think it, it really helps with self-esteem. Um, they can see that if they work and apply themselves, they will generally see progress. Progress builds confidence. Confidence builds better results. And along the way, I think they're making some, some great friendships. And they're so unselfish, they cheer for each other. I mean, yeah, they're trying to beat the person in the next lane, but after that race is over, they're hugging each other and congratulating each other. So I think I think competition in, in general is, is just so healthy for all industries. It's healthy with our athletes, but I just think uh, we're creating moments, memories, and we're showing them a, a path that, you know, you don't have to accept where you are today. There is a path for improvement and we're showing them that path through sports. Mm-hmm. Well said. Uh, again, you guys offer uh, a lot of sports, uh, basketball, bocce, bowling, flag football, golf, powerlifting, softball, swimming, tennis, volleyball are among some of them. Also, you do coaching and other, other programs like athlete leadership that are, that are also part of uh, Special Olympics Missouri. Tell us more about what, what those entail. Well, you know, for the athlete leadership program, that is just an incredible aspect. So we're taking athletes and we're bringing them through a program. So uh, if I get equated, it's kind of like going through school. All right. You enter at one level and then you advance up through the grades. Or if you're in Taekwondo, you know, you start out with a white belt and you you advance and you get a level of uh, color of belt as you advance. Athlete leadership program is in that we give them tasks that they have to accomplish. We um, assign these tasks um, in a way that it's not one size fits all. We, we address the level of the disability and we make these challenging but obtainable. Okay, if there's no challenge, 
they don't feel the reward. We don't want it to be easy. We want it to be challenging, challenging, but we want them to obtain it. Once they go through the athlete leadership program, we actually have a graduation ceremony. We want them to have every opportunity that anyone else has. And if you talk to parents who have children with intellectual disabilities, that's the number one thing they tell you. I don't want my child to be treated differently. I want my child to have the same opportunities as other kids. So that's what Special Olympics is, is trying to accomplish. So when they get through the athlete leadership program, uh, we have a graduation ceremony complete with gown. We want to create that moment for them. But then they move on to become an athlete leader, an ambassador, and they start talking um, in communities, at events. They start spreading the word as an athlete. So it's not me speaking. It's someone with an intellectual disability who has experienced this and seen the rewards and is sharing their story. And it's really interesting that our athletes have had the opportunity to talk to the United Nations. They've been to the White House. Um, they've just been all around the world uh, spreading the word and, and talking about the, the opportunities they've been given because they've been an athlete in a Special Olympics organization. To learn more, the website is somo.org. We'll be right back with more after the break. You're listening to The Grill Nation Show. Welcome back to the final segment of today's Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Again, we are joined by Brian Nooner, who is the Chief Development and Marketing Officer at Special Olympics Missouri. Their website is somo.org. Uh, Brian, I want to hear a story about an athlete from the Kansas City area, if you have one, um, that has impacted you uh, in your role at Special Olympics Missouri. I have a perfect story, and it was probably one of the first success stories I heard, and it just happened to be about an athlete from the Kansas City area. Generically speaking, we'll call her Krista, and Krista was a swimmer participating in Special Olympics Missouri, and she had a weekly practice, same pool, same coach, same teammates, great attitude. She's in her 30s now when this is happening, and so they have an hour to practice. Um, at the end of practice, coach blows a whistle, tell everybody it's time to get out of the pool. Well, Normally, Krista gets right out of the pool, but on this occasion, she's not. She's kind of, well, she's not doing anything. She's just kind of in the pool, kind of looking around, but not getting out. And coach says, Krista, uh, is there something wrong? She said, no. Then he noticed that under the water, she was using her hands. She was feeling around. And he kept talking. He noticed that she started migrating towards his voice. And he would always talk and stand by the stairs, and then the athletes would exit the stairs. So he had never noticed this before, and he realized that, you know what, I think she might have poor vision. So she got an eye exam. Turned out she was legally blind in one eye and had very poor vision in the other. Okay, when I talked earlier about the norm, that was her norm. That She knew no different. She didn't know what clear vision looked like. She didn't even realize she was blind in one eye. So uh, Special Olympics works with uh, programs and um, we get her a prescription swimming goggles and then prescription glasses. Her next meet after getting the goggles and having a clear world is at the University of Missouri's new natatorium, which is could host the Olympic trials if, if, if it needed to. It's just a top-notch facility. 
anyway, Chris is telling her coach, um, I, I don't like it here. I'm uncomfortable. And he said, Krista, you know, it's got the same amount of lanes. The water's the same. The stands are bigger, but the pool is the exact same. She goes, no, it's not. It's different. And he said, what is different about this swimming pool than the one we use in Kansas City? And she said, this one has black lines on the bottom. <laughs> Her vision was so poor, she couldn't even identify the lane, the lane lines. Wow. And when I heard that, I just was like, how on earth has she overcome this blindness to function in life, much less swim? And she went on to say that, um, you know, she was able to compete because she would stay in her lane. And if she ever felt the, you know, the dividers, the plastic dividers, if she felt it on her right side, then she knew she needed to move to her left or she felt her uh, opponent swimming too close to her in the left lane she realized that she had drifted that way but that was just phenomenal to hear that story and she's gone on to be uh, uh, an ambassador for special olympics missouri she's been to the white house she met president barack obama uh, he asked her what she wanted to eat he said i got a chef that can fix anything and she said i just want a cheeseburger <laughs> so she's very modest um, but she, she met Muhammad Ali. She met the Dalai Lama. Um, she's just a, an incredible person, incredible athlete with a great and powerful story. And Special Olympics is um, allowing her to tell it to anybody that listen. And so when we talk about making an impact, well, Special Olympics definitely made an impact on her life and changed her life for the better. And now she's taking that and uh, sharing her story with so many others and I think providing a lot of hope. That's a great story, Brian. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, especially awesome that the person is from Kansas City, too. Um, what, what type of resources does Special Olympics Missouri need if someone's listening or if they want to get engaged? Um, what, what, what do you need most? Well, there's so many ways you can help. And I think uh, the first thing that comes to mind for so many people is monetary gift. Monetary gifts are wonderful. They're great. And they might be the number one preference, but equally important are volunteers, coaches, people who will st spend time with these athletes. Think about how many youth programs are out there and how many parents, coaches are working with the youth. Well, we have those numbers too, and we need coaches. We need trainers. Um, we need mentors um, and just people who are willing to give, give their time. And it may be one or two hours a week, but it does make a difference. And then ideally, they'll do that for a couple years. And they may start out as a volunteer and they may move to a mentor and eventually a coach. And then they're helping with the region. But you can just help in so many ways. And you've given our website, SOMO.org. And SOMO is the acronym for Special Olympics Missouri. You're helping people that can't help themselves. Uh, that's the reality of this. And uh, we have the tools to help them improve their life. And uh, But we're not a big organization staff-wise because we're a nonprofit. And COVID impacted us just like it did all the other industries. So the value of a volunteer, a coach, a mentor is just as valuable as a financial gift. 
but we need all of them. Mm-hmm. Somo.org is the website. And then if, if, if somebody's listening who uh, has a, a child or an adolescent with intellectual disabilities, they can also go to the website and sign up to, to become a member of Special Olympics Missouri? Absolutely. That's what the website's for. You know, um, we have to rely so much on the systems. They have to make us aware that there is someone in their school system that has an intellectual disability. And that's where a lot of our referrals come from because we're not out recruiting. We're out spreading messages, but it's the school systems that really lead the athletes to our programs. Again, that website is somo.org, S-O-M-O.org. And then, Brian, as we conclude today's show, final minute of the show, if you uh, a fun little question here is uh, what what is a must-up restaurant or food item in Columbia or Jefferson City that you would like to share with the listeners today? Okay, if you're in Columbia, you have to go to Booch's for a, a cheeseburger or Shakespeare's for a pizza. But there's also a pizza joint called Eris Pizza, which is a whole different type of pizza. There are two different types of pizzas, but they're both wonderful. If you're in Jefferson City, you have to stop at Central Dairy and get a chocolate milkshake. Uh, Central milk Dairy milk. is kind of the old old style uh, soda fountain uh, place. And then my favorite restaurant in Jefferson City is right downtown. It's called Madison's Cafe, and it's been there probably 35 or 40 years. But, uh, you know, those are, those are just some I would highlight. But, you know, both Columbia and Jefferson City, and Jefferson City have a lot of great food options. And um, if anybody's ever traveling in this area, I, I encourage you to stop at one of those places. I, I, I think I've been to all of them, except uh, at some point with uh, law school at Mizzou and then serving in the state legislature. I, I can't tell you how many times I went to Madison's. Oh, yeah, it's right there. And, <laughs> you're going to see somebody on and, uh, you're going to see a lawmaker in there. But that's for uh, sure. Hey, Brian, I really appreciate you coming on today's show. Brian Nooner uh, from Special Olympics, Missouri. Their website, again, is SOMO.org. That's SOMO.org. Just a fabulous organization. And they're uh, partnering with Andy Reid now at the Rally for Big Red here to to grow in the Kansas City region, which we're hoping they will. Um, just doing a lot of great work here in our, in our state and uh, very appreciative to have you on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for helping us spread the message. Your dad is uh, a board member. He's, he's just wonderful, the work he's done. And, you know, we, we need more people like him. And I'll just encourage people to get involved. And trust me, the reward will, will be well worth your time. So, Jason, thanks again for having me on the show. And uh, good luck to you the rest of the way. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to the Grill Nation show. We'll see you again next week. Take care and have a good one.